0: Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's up? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. I hope everyone is doing well this week. If you're a fan of the show, welcome to another episode. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the classroom because Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. Go check out DBE on social media. The podcast is on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to visit dbetravel.com to view the entire episode library along with some blogs and a link to support the show through Patreon. Today, I am talking to Natalie and Sam from the Adventure, Budget, and Family Travel blog Always Have a Trip Planned. Natalie and Sam, of course, love to travel, and today, We're reviewing a blog from their website that covers tips for travelers planning their first adventure to Europe. Their website, alwayshaveatripplanned.com, has so many great posts about destinations and travel tips, so be sure to check it out. And also don't forget to scroll down to the show notes where Natalie and Sam's How to Plan Your First Europe Trip on a Budget blog post is available. I hope you enjoy our talk about things to consider when planning your first trip to Europe. Here's my interview with Natalie and Sam. Natalie and Sam, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great to have you on the show. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here.
0: Yes, thank you very much. We're excited to speak with you and talk to your listeners. Absolutely. Now, today we're going to be talking through tips for planning a European trip. I know you guys were just on one, uh, but particularly for someone planning their first ever trip to Europe. You wrote an article about this very topic on your website alwayshaveatripplanned.com and I think it's a great subject to talk about because during covid while many people couldn't travel to Europe we all dreamt of it but you know now with international travel returning to normal in my opinion it's probably a really great time for someone who's interested in traveling to Europe to actually go ahead and book that trip. We're going to go ahead and dive into your article on the podcast today, but first talk about what made you decide to write about tips for planning a trip to Europe and give us a quick background about your European travel experiences.
1: Yeah, so we had a friend ask us, she's like, how do you go about planning your first Europe trip? And that really got us thinking, oh, we actually have quite a bit of experience um, planning these trips to Europe. We've To 16 countries in Europe now, and we've been there six times. So, um, through those experiences, you know, we've really um, learned a lot, and we're even going to be going for our seventh time. So, you know, we're in the midst of planning our another Europe trip. But when we first went to Europe, um, I think we really could have used an article like this because it can seem really overwhelming from booking your flight to planning your accommodations to. booking the different things you're going to be doing to traveling between different places, it can kind of seem like a lot to start with. So it's it's nice having it laid out step by step, kind of what you need to do.
2: Yeah, I think when people think of planning domestic travel, they feel very comfortable with looking into those type of things. But there's definitely more of a fear factor when we talk about international travel than we're hoping... You know, that the article we wrote and then what we're going to discuss today can help alleviate some of those fears.
1: We've uh, started traveling to Europe, I guess, in 2016, and then we've taken six trips since then. So um, we really like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Now, let's kind of get into your article a little bit. And you talk about, you know, early on how it's helpful to write a list of musts and wants. Why do you think this is an important step to take for someone planning their first trip to Europe?
2: Yeah, when you look at Europe as a continent, I think there's over 50 countries. So there's always going to be more places to visit than you'll ever have time or budget to see. And Europe is a place with such rich culture and history that there's so much to see. And I think creating that list of must-sees when you're first planning your trip of like, okay, these are the few places I know I must see if I... Some people might only go there one time in their lives. So making sure you create that list of things that you don't want to miss out on and then also looking at what you might want to do if you had time or if it's conveniently located to where you're going i think sitting down with your travel companion or if you're traveling by yourself really writing out you know ideas of where you might want to go and then kind of breaking them down ranking what's most important to you
0: Yeah, and you know, early on in your answer there, you use the word budget. And I kinda wanna ask you about that a little bit because another thing to consider on a European trip is how much time do you have and how much time can you spend in a particular city or destination? So what advice would you give to someone who's trying to figure out how to budget their time?
1: Right, so first I think you have to start with your overall budget. How long can you go for? Can you go for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Um, and then once you figure out that, from there, you have to figure out all the you can figure out how many destinations you can go to. So we would really recommend not spending any less than like two to four days in most places. Um, if you travel any faster than that, it kind of just starts to take away from the experience because you're moving too quickly. Um, and, you know, in some of those places, you're going to want to do, spend more time, more upwards of that, like four days Uh, Such as like when we went to Rome, we had a lot of different places we wanted to see and some excursions we wanted to do. So we spent more time there. Whereas when we went to Venice, we didn't, you know, we wanted to walk around, see things, um, just kind of experience the culture a little bit. So we were, I think we were there one full day, but we came in the day before and then left the day after. Um, So just make making sure that you're budgeting enough
2: time. Um, going to that list of musts and wants is also probably going to drive the the time you spend in different areas. If it's a must see, you're probably a lot more interested in it and are going to spend more time compared to something that you might just want to see along the way. That's you know a morning or an afternoon type of stop off on your locate on your travels.
0: Yeah, and you know we've talked about budgeting time, which is important and something definitely to keep in mind. But I know many listeners out there probably want to know about, you know, actual budgeting money. Uh, so in reality, how expensive is it to take a trip to Europe and financially, what should people keep in mind as they plan?
2: Yeah, no, that is a great question. Cause I think that's a definitely a big intimidation factor with international travel and traveling to Europe that people have this fear that it's going to break the bank when you go there. But you know, from what we've learned is that's really not the case certainly people can spend as much or as little as they may feel comfortable with based on what you look into i mean the first major expense is the flight going over there so that's definitely an area where we look to save the most money or look at destinations that have a affordable flight with the time we're going to be looking to and when you look at say like accommodations that may be a large portion of your budget You could stay in a hostel for 20 bucks a night where you're sharing a space and sharing a bathroom, or you could be staying in a luxury hotel. You know, ourselves personally, we usually stay in what's called a pension when we go to Europe, which is somewhat in between a hostel and a hotel where you usually have a private bathroom, but it's a very small room because we like to spend our time out exploring and really don't end up spending that much time in the accommodation anyways.
1: Right, and with looking at budget too, so, a couple things to keep in mind, too, is that it's more economic the longer you're there um, because your flight over to Europe is going to be the most expensive part of your trip. Um, and then once you're in Europe, dem- flights within Europe are really inexpensive. I mean, we've taken flights between different different cities for less than $50 per person, which is you know not, not super uh, common in the U.S. here, so we're not used to that. Um, But yeah, so definitely the and if you can save on that flight over there, you're going to you're going to really come out ahead. And then also looking at different countries. So the cost of traveling between different or in different European countries can vary greatly. So we would say it's like the least expensive in Eastern Europe. And then it gets more expensive as you head um, west and north
0: yeah and let's let's kind of stay on the topic of you know figuring out the transportation logistics because, like you mentioned, that's so important to the overall cost. Um, are there any resources or things you'd suggest someone keep in mind when it comes to planning flights or you know maybe other transportation, not including flights within europe?
1: so um, kind of like Sam mentioned, you know, uh, trying to be. Flexible with your um, flight over there. So usually, if you have specific dates and you have a specific place you're going, you're just going to end up paying and you know what the what the flights cost. Um, but if you can have a little bit of wiggle room with a day or two, or you can maybe fly into a different city than the city you were initially thinking of. So like once we did this when we were trying to. Get, when we were going to Spain and Portugal, we were thinking of flying into Lisbon first, but it was over like, it was, I think it was over $600 more per person um, round trip to, or to, one way to fly into Lisbon than it was to fly into another, to fly into Madrid. So we ended up flying into Madrid because it was less expensive. And then we were able to book flights to get over to Lisbon for like less than $50 per person. Um, But one of the resources we use a lot is Google Flights, where we're always we put in the dates that we're looking to travel and then we start and they have a map functionality where you're able to look and see how much it is for a different location. So you could kind of see that on a map that, oh, look, it's like less than 500 per person round trip to fly into Madrid, but then it's, um, you know, over a thousand dollars to fly into Lisbon and that can kind of help drive drive that travel. Uh, Something else we'd recommend is trying to book during off peak times. Uh, We have done a lot of travel in like March and April and November, which you might not think are that great of times to be traveling throughout Europe, but we've had great weather. It's been in the seventies, at least one day, all of those trips and there's less people and it's less expensive. So it's the (laughs) win
0: In terms of booking accommodations for European adventure. I mean, you talked about this a little bit in your comfortability level and what you guys typically stay in, but what are some other important factors that people should have on their mind uh, or on their radar before and as they book?
2: Yeah, I think when finding accommodations, that can be a a little more tricky. Sometimes uh, we book through Airbnb when we've stayed in locations. We've stayed at places where other travel friends or family have stayed you know, a really helpful thing that we've used is some of those European travel books like Europe on a Shoestring or some of the fodders or different travel books have different recommendations of places. Now for accommodations, most European cities that we've visited are very walkable where we often look to stay close to like the city center where you can often walk to many of the major sites or things that you want to go explore or another option is we stay close to a train station or you know, an area hub of transportation where it's easy to quickly get to other places. Um, When booking those accommodations, I think most European places do speak English, but sometimes the communication barrier is a little more challenging, so to always be patient with those people if you're having either an email communication or a phone conversation that they may not always translate things perfectly to just ask clarifying questions if you're trying to find out more information about the accommodations you're booking.
0: Cool, and then finally, you know, I wanna ask you about booking excursions. Uh, your blog talks about a wonderful experience you had in Rome on a food tour with a company called Eating Europe. Talk about how excursions like these can enhance a European trip, and in your opinion, are these things that you should book like ahead of time or when you actually arrive to a destination?
1: so that tour in particular that was in rome um that was one of our best travel experiences we've ever had it took us into a bunch of different mom and pop restaurants that we probably would have not walked into our own they were not flashy they weren't where all the tourists were going um but they really gave us a cool local and um, unique experience and it was honestly some of the best food we've ever had um and we've taken some other food tours since then, too. And all of them tend to kind of bring you to those more local places. Um, and since we've been doing that, we've actually gotten better on our own locating those places where, you know, it's not flashy bright lights, not necessarily what you your, your eye would be drawn to. But I think those, like I said, they really really help you get a more local experience. And then some other things that we have found with going to different cities too is booking like a a free walking tour. Um, You obviously always tip your guide, uh, but those usually take you to a lot of cool spots and are a way to see the city pretty quickly. Um, When it comes to booking those accommodations, if you should do it before or when you get there, it kind of depends on when you're traveling. So like our first Europe trip, we went the end of June, beginning of July, which I think is when everybody's on vacation. So that we found there Things we Different things we looked into um, having tours of like the Vatican and Colosseum, we looked months in advance and they were almost completely booked up. So if you're traveling during peak season, you probably want to book those things beforehand. But like those free walking tours, usually we are not booking those or signing up for those until we get to the city or very soon before our trip and we've never had any issues with that. Um, Sometimes you're going to find out about some of those excursions when you get to the location too. So always kind of budgeting in some extra um, time where you have just kind of free time to let those more organic um, excursions and sightseeing happen.
2: Yeah, I think when looking at the excursions, if it's something that you absolutely want to see, you obviously should book it ahead of time. But, you know, a lot of those type of experiences, you can get a feel for the city or place and then book them when you get there based on what you might wanna see or discover from speaking with other travelers or even locals too, sometimes have great tips or ideas for things that you see on your on your way.
0: Cool, and you know, I wanna ask you guys about Always Have a Trip Planned, your blog, which is, you know, the article we covered today is, is listed there. Um, and your blog has a lot of great travel content to read through. Tell us more about your blog, how did you get started And what can someone find if they visit alwayshaveatripplanned.com?
2: Yeah, travel has a very special place in our heart. We actually met on a puddle jumper plane um, while traveling in Belize in 2013. So we were down there for service work that we were doing in our last year of schooling. And ever since then, we've really gotten bit by the travel bug and realized through our journey and experiences you know travel is a great way to experience other cultures and you know get different experiences and we really love traveling to, to different places and our idea for the name you know always have a trip plan we have this mindset of you know travel while you're experiencing that is almost always a great experience but also having that anticipation for the trip, or, that thing that you're planning for or looking forward to is also part of the fun with the journey that I think helps, um, that name helps summarize what we believe with travel, travel.
1: Yeah. And when I guess people would be like, oh, where's your next trip to? And I would tell them and they're like, goodness, you're like always going on a trip. And I'm like, yep, always have a trip planned. And I just started saying it and it kind of caught on. Um, so that's kind of where the name came from. Um, And like Sam said, yeah, we've been bitten by the travel bug. And like, once you catch that, like, good luck, Um, (laughs) because we've been to, I think, 22 countries now, um, like 20 plus national parks, 100 plus cities. Um, We just love uh, travel. And I mean, it really, you can learn so much from it. And I think it's um, very humbling, too. Absolutely.
0: I think, you know, I love the name of your blog. I think your story is so cool how you're so tied to travel. Um, Talk a little bit about your social media presence. Where can we go to stay connected with uh, you guys and your travel adventures on social media?
1: Yeah. So um, we are on Instagram as always have a trip planned Um, on Facebook as always have a trip planned Um, like, and follow us there. And then for our content, um, the best place to see that, which we have links to both of that on our Facebook and our Instagram page would be um, to actually go to alwayshaveatripplanned.com. And we have a lot of content there. We have the article we talked about today, um, you know, how to plan your first Europe trip. And then we have guides to almost all the European cities we've been to, how to visit them on a budget. Um, We are, I would say, uh, budget travelers. I I wouldn't say that we compromise on experience, but we look to do things in the most economical way possible. Um, We have, guides on all of our the national parks we've been to we have guides on how to save on flights um, how to save on accommodations and recently um, we added we have um, we just had a baby so she's 10 months old and now we've done a lot of traveling with her and um, there's definitely been a learning curve with that so we have a lot of content about a lot of different trips that we've taken with her so there's content up about how to fly with a baby how to hike with a baby we're gonna have some general baby tips coming up there. We just got back from a trip to Iceland with our baby, so we'll be putting that up there too. And yeah, she's been on um, over, I think, 15 flights now, and we've taken her over a dozen places. So we've really learned a lot about that and um, feel pretty strongly that you can you can continue to travel with the baby. So that's the, that's the newest stuff on there. So I've
0: got one last question for you guys. Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. So I want to ask you, are, would you guys consider yourselves to be students of travel? And if so, you know, what lesson would you share with listeners
1: today? Yes, I would definitely consider myself a student of travel. I'm quite certain Sam would, too. Um, but I would say the biggest thing I have learned from travel is that like money does not buy happiness. So you the people we've met because when we have traveled through like Morocco and Belize we've met like very poor people and they are some of the happiest people we have ever met so I think I think you really can learn a lot from the people you meet along the way
2: yeah I think when we talked about experiences that we've had almost all of the most memorable experiences are people we've interacted with Completely. either locally or traveling with that have been the most memorable about everywhere we've went. And I think that's something to keep in mind with traveling is keeping that open mind and just, you know, kind of talking to people, letting your guard down a little bit more um, to get some of those great experiences.
0: I love those answers. Natalie, Sam, thank you guys so much for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing, you know, tips and your insight For planning a trip to Europe, particularly for someone planning their first trip to Europe. So thanks again so much for for joining me on the show. Thank
1: Thank you you. so much for having us. If anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We love talking travel anytime.
0: A big DBE thank you to Natalie and Sam and listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's show. The Always Have a Trip Planned blog is a great resource for travelers, so be sure to visit alwayshaveatripplanned.com to read more of Natalie and Sam's work, and don't forget that a link to their article about planning a trip to Europe is included in the show notes for this episode. If you want to stay connected to the Always Have a Trip Planned blog, you can give Natalie and Sam a follow on social media. I've included their social media pages in the show notes as well. Wherever you are listening to Destinations Beyond Expectations, thank you so much. Go hit that follow or subscribe button and tell a friend. If you want to hear me talk about more destinations, then I invite you to subscribe to a YouTube channel called Group Travel Odyssey, where I go live every Thursday with a couple of colleagues in the travel industry to talk about particular destinations and how groups can experience them during a visit. That is all I've got for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon.